Welcome to the Why 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 Show, a comedy podcast about search histories, life, and ancient cultures. I'm Jingan. And I'm Eliza. And in this podcast, we are going to talk about interesting things that we search for on the internet this week. But first, we need to make a small disclaimer. This is a comedy podcast and we do our best to research the things that we find. If there's anything that is factually inaccurate, please send us your corrections through our social media channels. You can find us at YY Show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so next week, we are going to take a break. From yes. the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's our mid-season break and actually we forgot to have one. Yeah. Episode 66 already. <laughs> I mean, we have been having quite a few breaks but it's also because we are a bit busy at the moment. Yes, we are. Okay, so we just take one week break okay, and then we'll be back. So Eliza, what is your search term of the week? My search term is... Urban 90s. Urban 90s? Yes. Do you want to guess what it is? Allergic to being in urban areas. Very close. <laughs> very, very close. Allergic to other people. Yes, very, very close. It's quite a new made-up term. Okay. okay. And it just got a recent entry on Urban Dictionary. Oh. Yeah, so urbanitis is defined as when living in the city or city life in general has taken its toll on an individual. Mm. <laughs> The second definition is a grave sickness contracted from living in the midst of an urban city dwelling or lifestyle. <laughs> I saw it on a, being used on a Reddit comment mm-hmm. and I was wondering if science agrees that living in the city makes people sick. Mm. So what do you think? Yes. <laughs> Seems like it. Hmm. Well, actually, no, like, we don't really have a comparison. Like, because as Singaporeans, all the while we are living in the city. Mm. Yeah, and we don't really know what it's like to have a hometown to, like, go back to. Oh, yeah, we have no hometown, huh? Yeah, like, that is, like, I don't know, in the farms or something. Yeah, yeah huh? Okay, so I'll tell you about this very interesting experiment mm-hmm. done by researchers in an fMRI brain scanner. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. so imagine this, ah. Huh? You agree to take part in this MRI scanner experiment. Okay. And you are lying down inside this very noisy, very claustrophobic brain scanner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And the researchers ask you to do some confusing maths problem as fast as you can. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sounds difficult. But no matter how hard you try, right, they are not very happy with the results. Oh, man. So they'll keep saying things into your earphones. Like, can you please concentrate a little better? You are among the worst performing individuals today. No. Yeah, that kind of things. <laughs> sounds stressful. Yeah, so it's like stressful and it's irritating and then you're in a very like not comfortable <laughs> environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So actually the researchers, right, they're not testing the people's math solving speed. Mm. They are actually measuring how different people's brains handle stress. Mm, like okay. imagine this scenario where you also think stressful, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they want to see, okay, different people, how do they react? Mm. Then they will compare it to where these people are from. Okay, like okay. from city, from the small town, or from rural farmland areas. Ah, okay, okay, I see. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Okay, and what they discovered was that city dwellers' brains, mm-hmm. compared with people who live in the countryside, yes. seem not to handle stress well. Oh, mm. that's surprising. Mm. You would think that one being very exposed to stress, <laughs> you would handle it better. Like it's like part of your everyday life. Yes, but alas, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so the researchers look at two brain regions, the amygdalas and the PACC, which is the perigenual anterior cingulate cortex. So the amygdala, mm-hmm. we know, help us. Help us be happy. 
wrong thing. Okay, <laughs> remember as, things. No wrong. Damn it. it helps us regulate assess emotions. Wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> it helps us assess threats and generate fear. It's the fear center. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And then the PACC is just now I say. Uh, it helps to regulate the amygdala, so it tries to help us regulate our fear emotion. Okay. Yeah. So in stress city dwellers, which is us, uh, mm. the amygdalas appear more active on the scanner. Mm. Meaning our threat and fear antenna is actually very high. It's mm. like constantly like ding, 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 like that, you know? Mm. Mm. Constantly living in fear. Mm. Oh dear. And high stress and like being threatened. Okay. And then those that grew up in the cities, right, they also had more active PACCs. Mm. So the PACC is very active because it has to keep on like tell the amygdala nothing. It's okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. Okay. But then right, they also notice that the connection between the two brain regions uh, is very erratic. Like sometimes can work, sometimes cannot work. Oh. It's not so smooth. Oh. But in the small town mm. dwellers as well mm. as the countryside dwellers, right? Yes. It's quite smooth one. Mm. Yeah. And it's not so active. Their amygdala not so active. Mm. So when it regulates, it's like smoothly regulate. Yes, yes. But ours is like cannot. Sometimes can regulate, sometimes cannot. Mm. Ah, okay. Mm. So after this study was published in 2011, right? Yes. There were a lot, a lot more studies on city living and mental health. Mm. Yes. And what they found was city living increases the risk of anxiety by 21%. Wow, that's a lot. Mood disorders by 39% and doubles the risk of schizophrenia. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yes. Okay, so do you want to guess why? Okay, I think like a few reasons. Lah. Like um, one is that the city life is very fast paced. Mm-hmm. Like for example, even you getting on the train or like queuing up to be on the train on the escalator or something, mm-hmm. then somebody behind you will be very disgruntled if you walk too slow or something like that. Mm-hmm. That causes stress. Like it makes you feel like you have to be the fastest every single time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like... um. Another reason could be like there's a lot of news. Mm-hmm. Like you're constantly bombarded by bad things happening mm-hmm, around mm-hmm. the world and you're very well informed. Mm. And that's a double-edged sword because you keep hearing things that are bad mm. and that causes and stress and worry. And they're out of your control. So. Yes, you cannot mm-hmm. control it. Yeah, I don't know others. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> correct, very, very correct. It's because, right, our brains have limited cognitive loads. This is like the real science term. Oh, okay. Yeah, limited cognitive loads. Mm. And there's too much constant stimulation in city life. Mm. So there's too much noise, there's too much things going on in our environments. Like just now what you say, like, you know, walk around in the city, right? Mm. Like so many advertisements, so many signboards, so many things happening. Yes, yes. Then your brain needs to be on high alert all the time. Mm. And yeah. you can't possibly process them all correct yeah correct and then our brains will become wary mm. so tired already right and then it will start to push us into the fight or flight response mm. yeah because it is so tired right it will weaken other functions mm-hmm. like self-control mm. so we end up with unhealthier habits yes because mm. yes. you got not <laughs> enough uh ram in your brain yes to go and like lead a more disciplined or simple life to have ready mm. you just like go for instant gratification oh yeah because you're constantly bombarded with stuff yeah then your brain not enough ram to lead a life of self-control oh. and self-restraint oh yeah so you will make a beeline for the quick fix Mm. Yeah, like unhealthier foods, you will like binge watch mm. more, you will drink alcohol. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Another reason is also because bright lights and traffic noise 
can actually reduce our ability to get a good night's sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's not completely dark, right? Mm-hmm. Outside. And then there's still sounds outside. Mm. Yeah, so this will actually affect your subconscious. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, yeah, and then it will lead to sleep difficulties, insomnia, mm. etc. The et sleep problem is a very big problem in everybody's lives. Yes. Like if your sleep is not good, then you'll cause a lot of other problems. Correct, correct. And then if your sleep is not good, then your body cannot heal itself properly, right? Mm, mm. Yeah, then you'll have problems. So It's like the root of all the other problems that is happening. Yes, yes, yes. And it, it leads to <laughs> cardiovascular problems. Mm, mm. Yeah. And then uh, another reason is um, there is air pollution in the cities. Mm. So the air that you're breathing is not very good. Yes. Yeah, so it's not very good for our system also. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, but that said, right, there are still benefits for living in the cities. Of course. So on the opposite end of urbanities, there mm. is this thing called urban advantage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is actually, you know, when you stay in the city, a lot of things are much more convenient. Yes. So you have better access to healthcare. Mm. education and sometimes maybe even a better standard of living yeah yeah definitely so at the end of the day it's about what we want and how we manage it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so the researchers of course they have some solutions they propose okay okay yeah to combat this what do you think they are mm, meditation yeah <laughs> uh going for walks in nature yeah uh traveling yeah uh not watching the news so much yeah okay very good very good you can be researcher already (laughs) yeah yeah top of the list right is walking in nature Mm. so researchers at stanford found that walking in nature helps reset the brain's emotional thermostat yes definitely so it will help us regulate our emotions better and it will also help us cope with stress better Mm. yeah then like you said meditation don't look at the news so much cut down your screen time Mm. this and that right Mm -hmm. Uh, exercise Mm. and finally um, another way is to reduce loneliness Mm. because there's a problem with being lonely in a crowded place oh wow yeah so that's one of the problems of city life I think it's a very major problem actually it's so socially dense like we are all stacked up together right Mm. but we don't have very deep relationships and connections with one another yeah yeah and that's a problem also very weird yeah like why is it like that right yes it should be that we have better relationships, but that's not the case. Yes. Yeah. Real connections. Talk to your neighbors. <laughs> smile at people. Yeah. Don't be the grumpy one. <laughs> Actually, the loneliness thing, right? Even if you go mm-hmm. to like, I don't know, a convenience store or something, and just smile at the person. That little say bit thank of, you, lah, right? At least. Yeah. That little bit of interaction actually helps you. Yeah. Say thank you. Say good morning. the person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a common practice when I was in the UK studying to say thank you to the bus driver. Mm. Everybody does it. Mm. So it's like weird if you don't. Mm. But in Singapore, it's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. We need to be more gracious mm-hmm. to be happier. Indeed. Okay, so Jingan. Yes. <laughs> what is your search term of the week? Okay, my search term is. Teru Teru Bozu. What is that? It sounds very cute. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Teru Teru Bozu. Mm. I imagine it is a... Uh, Bozu is ball, then Teru Teru is terrier terrier. Terrier terrier ball. That means like the... the <laughs> like Jack Russell terrier or whatever run after the ball. Okay, okay. What language is it in the first place? Japanese. Okay, yeah, correct, correct. It's, it is Japanese. Uh-huh. But Bozu is not ball. Huh? Yeah. Then what is Bobola? 
I don't Boru <laughs> I think so I think Bola is oh, Malay eh. Really? <laughs> yeah Oh, oops uh, Yeah So Okay, another guess What again? Teru Teru, Teru, Bozu Teru, Teru, Bozu Not, not Ball related Bozu is what? Bowl, uh, bowl of noodle So it's a hot, hot noodles Cannot No, not correct uh, last one. Teru. Teru is what? Teru. Usually it is something very funny one. It's like English translation. It's not. Japan. It's not. Yeah, that's why. It's not English translation. Okay. <laughs> then I cannot guess like what is the closest English word. Okay, Teru Teru Bozu is a big, big bear. A big, big bear. Like maybe it is some guardian of the forest or something. So, oh, here the Teru Teru Bozu. Okay, okay. Nope. <sighs> Not correct. Okay. <sighs> it is a weather doll. Weather doll? Yeah, weather, like. Doll. Yeah. Uh huh. What do people do with it? Like, hang the, it? The Japanese use it to wish for good weather. Lah. Oh. Yes. So, Teru Teru Bozu actually roughly translates to shiny bald head monk. <laughs> That's very funny. Okay. Very far mm-hmm. away from your big big bear. Okay. <laughs> it can be easily made with two squares of tissue or cloth. And it looks a bit like ghostly when right? they hang it from their roof normally. Uh-huh. Like on the outside, you know, uh-huh. like a It's yeah. like a rooftop ledge. Yeah, yeah, the, the ledge. The, like where the gutter is. Yeah, um yeah. At the corner la, usually they will just hang it from a string. Okay. It looks a bit like a little ghost, like it's white colour. Okay. And then uh, we will post a picture on our social media, but for now, you can look at the picture. It looks like this. Oh. Have you seen it before? Yes, but isn't it... You know what? where I see this thing from? Where? Usually at those uh, Halloween decorations. That easy yeah. way to <laughs> get your kids to make an easy Halloween decorations. I did not know it had yeah, Japanese it, connotations. It's like, you know, round at the top it. of the head, then you tie a ribbon around, and the bottom is like a, a little ghost. Like yeah, a skirt. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like, you just wrap a ping-pong ball or something round inside the head. Mm, to make it round. round. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can don't don't make it super round, so it's fine. Oh. So, it is made when you desire the next day to have good weather. Mm-hmm. Like, ahead of sports events, mm-hmm. ceremonies, or celebrations. Mm. So, traditionally, right, the if the wish for clear skies is granted, mm-hmm. the doll is rewarded with drawn-on eyes. <laughs> and a dowsing of holy sake, and then send down the river to be washed away. <laughs> That's the traditional la, if you so cute. get the good weather. Oh my goodness, so before they make it, there was no eyes on the door. Yes, it's yes. It's just a white colour tissue. Then only when, yeah, it, yeah. when it is, there's no rain, yeah, yeah. then they'll give the doll eyes. Yeah, yeah. Then after that, give it some sake. Yeah, no, this is like very ancient. It's not in modern times. Oh, okay, okay, like, okay. It's okay, like okay. from very long ago already, this tradition has been passed on. Okay. Yeah, so now, now they don't do this like wash down the river thing. Yeah, like. because not everybody stay near the river what yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. now, now mm-hmm. they just maybe they'll put the eyes on even if the good weather is not granted like it doesn't matter oh yeah then what they do flush down the toilet bowl uh? no <laughs> I don't know maybe they just take it down or oh something. take it down okay, okay. now it's like you know just a decoration oh. or like, they, like when they really want to wish then they put like it's like oh, a okay. retro okay okay yeah. okay Okay, so there's a song that is sung when you're making the Teru Teru Bozu. A song? A song, a children's song. Okay. So it says, Teru Teru Bozu, Teru Bozu. 
Do make tomorrow a sunny day, like the sky in a dream sometime. If it's sunny, I'll give you a golden bell. Teru teru bozu, teru bozu. Do make tomorrow a sunny day. If you make my wish come true, we'll drink lots of sweet rice wine. Teru teru bozu, teru bozu. Do make tomorrow a sunny day. But if the clouds are crying, mm-hmm. then I shall snip your head off. Oh my goodness! What? <laughs> Suddenly, what? a very dark turn. You know, this sounds like the pooping lock. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah. The pooping lock. They whack the lock. They whack the lock. Whack. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Suddenly, a threat. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this song actually has to do with the origins of Teru Teru Bozu. Uh huh. They say that it might originate from an actual monk. Okay. Because bozu means monk. Okay. Yep. And this monk is known as the good weather monk. Okay. Who was able to bring good weather by chanting. Mm-hmm. After promising a feudal lord that he could bring good weather with his incantations, the weather was not good. So oh he got his head chopped off. No! <laughs> No. <laughs> That's the story la. That's the story Okay There's another story Okay uh-huh. We don't really know Which one is Correct la, uh-huh. But uh, this other story Apparently Has the support Of folk historians Like they say like Oh there's some evidence Of this story Being passed down Okay So the other story Is that This doll Is actually related To a girl Holding a broom mm-hmm. Okay so the story goes is that there was a very long and heavy storm that caused a lot of destruction. Then a voice from the heavens warned the people that their city would be submerged if a certain beautiful young girl did not appear outside. Okay. So to save everybody, this girl was essentially sacrificed. Why so... Why, <laughs> why, is, why is it all so dark? So... Folk historians <laughs> agree that a girl was sacrificed. Yeah, then she was sent outside with a broom to symbolically head to the heavens where she would sweep the rain clouds from the sky. How did they sacrifice her? Did they chop her head off or so? This is the story, the story, the story. We don't know. Probably something like no. that. No! <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay, so in order to remember this brave girl, the young ladies actually recreate her figure in like paper cutouts, mm-hmm. which the broom carrying girl was once very good at mm. like this making these paper mm. dolls mm. yeah so then these figures were actually hung outside to bring sunshine in times of rain mm. so then this evolved evolved into the current teru teru bozu mm. yeah so i mean to me like the teru mm. teru bozu the monk one makes the most sense like it's the most literal right mm-hmm. but i mean this kind of thing you can't really tell. It's like sometimes the folk stories really twist and turn until it become like, you know, currently mm. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that is know. the story of Teru Teru Bozu. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. It took a dark turn. Very dark turn. It was so cute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. It is time for our special segment. Three things to Google from a friend. So, Eliza, who is the contributor for this week? Okay, this week we have Prue. Yep. Okay, she she sent us these true IG stories. Okay, okay. Mm, because we put out a prompt to uh-huh. ask people to give us search terms, right? Yes. Yeah. Please feel free whenever you think of search terms. Yes, please drop us a DM on our social media. Yes. Anyway, her search term is Dead Man's Fingers, Bracket Not The Drink. <laughs> 
Dead man's fingers. Bracket, not the drink. <laughs> Is there a drink called Dead, dead man's, man's fingers? fingers? What? <laughs> Why is that? Okay, I want okay, to see okay, the okay, drink okay. first. First of all, I need to go and look at the drink. Dead man's finger is actually a rum. Nothing in crab is poisonous, but most people think that the dead man's fingers are. Oh my goodness, there's a part of a crab called dead man's fingers. Eh. Spiced fruit and ice cream. Uh, okay, but we are not looking for this. We are looking at dead man's fingers, not the drink. I think I just Google not the drink. Okay. <laughs> crab. Huh? Why yours is crab? Is it C-R-A-B? Yeah. What do you find? So apparently, right, the feathery finger-like gills are called dead man's fingers. You know when you steam a crab? Yes. Then there is this, uh, the meaty part. Yes. But before you get to the meaty part, there is this grey-grey furry thing. It looks furry, but it's not. It's a bit hard-hard one. Yeah. Yeah, those are the gills of the crab. Oh, that is the dead man's fingers part. Yes, that is the dead man's fingers. What? So there is an old wife's tale that okay. say crab lungs are toxic. Oh. So if you eat that part, which looks like fingers, then you'll be a dead man. Oh, you understand? Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Oh, but okay. they're actually not toxic. They're just not digestible and they taste terrible. Oh, hey, I know what you're talking about already. Yes. I remember this. I remember that this part, part, right? You know yeah. this part? Okay, then there is still a gooey stuff in the center of the crab's body. It's like some greenish or yellowish stuff. Yes, That's yes. actually the crab's liver. Yeah. It's called a tomale. T-O-M-A-L-L-E-Y. Okay. And okay. actually that part can be eaten. Some people actually love to eat that. Mm. Yeah. I know which furry part you're talking about already. Yeah, I never eat that part before. Right? Ha hard one. Feathery one. But I need to tell you something. Yes. I found another thing called dead man's fingers. Okay. It's called Xyleria polymorpha. Okay. What is yeah. that? And it is swollen, blackened fingers reaching for the sky. And it looks like a dead man, like a zombie man, trying to break out of his grave. Yes, I see the picture and it looks scary. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like a, a, a dead man. Yeah, like finger. trying to reach yeah. for the sky. La, like you know, like a to... rotten hand, mm-hmm. like trying to claw itself out of the grave. Okay. It's about 3 to 8 cm. Yes. Is and it a plant? What is it, right? Yes. Is it a plant? They are part of a plant. They grow from stumps and buried dead wood of broadleaf trees, especially beech. And they can be seen poking up through moss and dead leaves. Okay, so this is completely different from the crack. Something else. It's a different thing. Yes, it's a different thing, but it's the same name. Oh, it's a mushroom, apparently. It's a fungus. Mm. Is it poisonous? Yes! Apparently. It is very poisonous. It can be fatal to humans and animals. Oh. It attacks the nervous system and can cause seizure. Wow. Yes. Wow. And they are known as flask fungi. F-L-A-S-K. And it's actually very common, quite common, in Britain and Ireland. And it's also found throughout mainland Europe and in many parts of Northern America. So it's a quite a common thing, but it's just not common in Singapore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, right, there's... Another dead man's fingers, you know. Huh? <laughs> it is called a hemlock water drop wart. It is uh-huh. whitish. It looks like a parsnip. Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's something else with the same name. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. <laughs> so it is a highly poisonous root. I think this is the one that is fatal to humans and animals and attacks the nervous system. Oh, I'm not sure about the other one, which is the fungi. The one, the fungi that is black color that grows out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one that is the black color one mm-hmm. is generally considered not to be an edible fungus. Okay. <laughs> All right. We don't really know what happened if you eat it at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So you know what I can conclude from what? this entire search term? Is that people like to call things dead man's fingers. Yes. And scare you. Yeah, and also most of the time, like, you should just shouldn't eat it. Like, if it's called dead something something. Yes, <laughs> just don't eat it. Yeah. If the name sounds questionable, then maybe you shouldn't eat it. It's probably poisonous. Unless. Unless. Unless you're in Asia. <laughs> oh. Because in Asia, there is a plant called Dikai Sneer. And it's blue okay. colour. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. And it hangs off a tree. Okay. Uh-huh, and it's called Dead Man's Fingers. Or blue bean plant. Mm. Or blue sausage fruit. And oh. it is native to Eastern Asia. China to Nepal to Myanmar, that area. Yes, yes. And apparently, it's a delicacy. <laughs> yeah. And the Chinese name, please read it. Mao er shi shu, which means means cat poop. Yeah, the Chinese name is cat poop, cat poop plant. What in the world? Oh yeah, and gosh. it's a delicacy, and they actually cultivate this food and eat it. Mm. So one man's trash is another man's treasure. One man's poison is another man's food. Yes, indeed. But take note, it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's not, it's not the same, same food. It's not the same fruit. It doesn't look the same at all. <laughs> alright, yeah. alright. Okay, so what's the next search term? Okay, the next search term is... Is telepathy real? The first hmm. article is telepathy is real. <laughs> Inside science. Okay, let's read it. Okay, so this article is not about the kind of telepathy that we are talking about is about transmitting messages via electric signals into another person's brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how it is uh, more and more possible mm-hmm. due to technology. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, so it's just uh, whether we can manipulate ele- electric signals. Yeah, electric signals. Yeah. Okay, so it's more about how we can manipulate electric signals and transmit things into people's brain directly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Scientists prove that telepathic communication is within reach, Smithsonian Magazine. Mm. An international research team develops a way to say hello with your mind. The process takes uh, 70 minutes to relay the message, hello. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit long. Yeah, so they use binary code for the alphabet. So H is 00111. Okay. Yeah, then they attach it to the scalp of Mm. the sender. Mm. Then it has to move the hand or the feet to indicate one or zero. Oh. Yeah, then it's sent to email. Then the blindfolded person uh, receive this message through a magnetic stimulation in the head. Mm. It's not invasive, huh? It's uh, like a TTT. Like send you the signal. Okay, okay. Yeah, then the person will see quick flashes of light. Then the person will say one, zero, one. Then you can decode it. <laughs> and realize that oh it's hello oh okay 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 so okay, many steps to so say one steps. word okay anyway I think the telepathy that uh, Prue is getting at 
is the ability to communicate using only the mind. Okay. Like you can guess what this person is thinking. Okay. Yeah, so many people have actually tried to prove that this telepathy is real. Mm. And like some of the experiments is like in one test, uh, one person is cut off from visual stimulations for several minutes and then another person tries to send them uh, information via the mind. Mm-hmm. Like use the brain and send. Mm. Yeah, but you know, it's nothing has really proven that this is real. Mm. Yeah. I think like, you know, telepathy is real in the sense that yeah, it's it's currently being made possible by technology. But it's not like, you know, a special ability. Mm. <laughs> so like uh for example, twin telepathy and uh sibling telepathy. Mm. Uh I mean there are a lot of anecdotes and people recalling such mm. uh, incidents, mm-hmm. but scientists cannot prove, prove it, it at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Maybe our tech is not good enough. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe there is yeah, there's no way of measuring this at this point. I mean because some, it's always mm. anecdotal. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's the issue at this at this point. And also like, you know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Right? Like you cannot recreate it, right? Yes. Mm. So if it's possible to recreate then yala. And also like, you know, um let's say it's uh between two people that live together or mm. like, you know, have the same experiences, mm. then yeah, they're going to have the same thoughts. Mm. Yeah, and that's why um, it can be coincidental. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but sympathy pains are real. There's a thing called sympathy pains and they are a real thing. Okay. Like when you look at somebody and the person is feeling physical or psychological pain, mm-hmm. uh, our brain is made to mirror it. Oh, like we can feel it too. Yes. Ah. So it is a, like an empathy thing. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Oh, interesting. So if I have stomach ache, mm. can you feel my stomach ache? If you have a stomach ache, I'm a, I'm a very highly uh, <laughs> emotional and a very uh-huh. sensitive person. Yes, yeah. Then I can be able to empathize with you, my stomach with ache. your stomach ache. Yeah. And then I may or may not be able to generate the feelings of stomach achiness in my body. Ah, yeah, but it is a real thing that mm. you can... like. There's mirror neurons in our brain mm. so that humans can coexist in and a society yep. and in a group, right? Yes. Yeah. So that is real. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but telepathy as a like passing messages, that's a bit <laughs> difficult to prove at this point. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay. So what's the last search term? Okay, so Pro only gave us two search terms. Oh. I have one more. Okay. Uh it stems from my mom and I arguing about the name of the hibiscus. <laughs> So, okay, what happened? So her hibiscus is very beautiful. Then I told her, oh, your furong hua is very beautiful. Okay. And she said, it's not furong. Uh-huh. Then I, I was like, yes, it is furong. My Chinese ink teacher say that hibiscus is furong. Yep. Then she's like, no, it's da hong hua, big red flower. <laughs> then I'm like, huh, but it's not. Okay, but in the end, Google Translate says that, yeah, it is furong. Okay. Like the Chinese name, it is furong. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah lah. So now... My search term is what is the etymology of hibiscus? Hibiscus. Uh, yeah. Cause I guess that Ta Hong Hua's um etymology, big red flower etymology is that it is a big red flower. Yeah, la, la, it's a descriptive <laughs> like a descriptive uh name for it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it's not wrong wrong, but mm. it's not the science name or it's not the real name of the comma really. Yeah. It's more like a descriptive name. Which makes me think like whether hibiscus is 
the, the etymology of hibiscus is something similar to that. Like, is it actually like describing that kind of flower? Maybe it is big red flower, but in Latin or something, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so what is the etymology of hibiscus? Okay, so when you Google it, right, then uh, Google will give you like an origin. Then the origin of hibiscus mm. is Greek, which is hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Uh, however they um, pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And then it says Latin from Greek hibiscus, which Dios Corridis, identified with the marshmallow. And I'm like, marshmallow? Finally got marshmallow. marshmallow. <laughs> hey, they got marshmallow man, last time. <laughs> so that marshmallow, right, is not marshmallow. Huh? The marsh, right? Marsh is like a type of place, like a swamp or a, like a, you know, like a field. Uh-huh. Right? And then a mellow is a type of plant. So the hibiscus is a plant of the mellow family. What? <laughs> no. I thought you mean that that Dioscorides eat marshmallow leh, uh, in like, like the 17, 1700s or 1800s. How come he know what is marshmallow? What do you mean by he identified with the marshmallow? Then I'm like, huh, he likes the marshmallow so much. <laughs> they got marshmallow. They didn't have marshmallow. So actually marshmallow, the word, right? Come from this thing, my goodness. What nonsense. Do you think the listeners know what we're saying or not? I don't know. You can Google it yourself and find out. It's quite interesting. Okay. Apparently, the hibiscus is called the marshmallow plant. Marsh, space, mellow. Marsh <laughs> is a place, right? Yes. M-A-R-S-H. It is an area of low-lying land which is flooded in wet seasons or at high tide and typically remains waterlogged at all times. Mm. So it's like a wet, wet. Okay, so that's marsh. Then mellow? Mellow is a type of plant. Mellow is a type of plant, yes. Yes, a family of plants. It has hairy stems, mm. pink or purple flowers, and disc shape. Mm. So it's marsh, space, mellow. mellow. Hibiscus, the word comes from marsh, space, mellow. <sighs> <laughs> It's so funny. Okay, now where does the word marshmallow, the, the sugary, squishy, yummy food that kids love, where does this word come from? I don't know. Is it marsh? Is it the marshmallow was initially hibiscus flavored or something? No, the marshmallow plant. <laughs> yes. Okay. There used to be a historical medicinal confection. Oh. Made from Althea officinalis, which is a marshmallow plant, which is a literal plant in the marsh. Okay, so it's a different marshmallow. Yeah. Yes, they make a, a plant out of it. Not, hibis- not hibiscus. Not huh? hibiscus. Yeah, one of the marshmallows. Okay, got it. They make some medicinal candy from it. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And then, uh, after a while, they started making this sugary thing without the medicinal properties. I see. And then they substituted it with things that can be found, la, like mm. sugar, water, gelatin, and then try to make it yummy, which ah. is how it got its solid but soft consistency, you know, that sticky-sticky consistency. I wonder how many hidden marshmallows of the world do we not know about? You know, just now I was saying the 1700s where I got marshmallow, right? Yes. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I was so wrong. History of marshmallows, as yes. in the food, yeah. goes back as early as 2000 BCE. What? Ancient Egyptians were said to be the first to make and use the root of the plant to soothe coughs and sore throats and to heal wounds. What? So, the first marshmallows were prepared by boiling pieces of root pulp with honey until thick. 
And then once thickened, the mixture was strained, cooled, and then used as intended. So it's a sticky thing that had medicinal properties. I can't believe marshmallows have such a long history and yeah, I didn't know. Egyptian times! <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. And then in the eighteen in the mid-1800s, owners of small candy store would whip the sap from the mellow root into a fluffy candy mold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they start to evolve it, add sugar, water, egg whites, this and that. Yes, yes. Yeah, add, add, add more and more luxurious and indulgent ingredients to it. And now it is very unhealthy. Yeah, and now it's just <laughs> a, yeah, a cavity a inducing a kid's, um, kid's food. food. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> we went down a wild rabbit hole. Indeed, what a journey. <laughs> okay. Alright, Liza, what is your second search term of the week? My search term is... Do all corgi butts float in water? Okay, first of all, do corgi butts float in water? Is that a thing? Uh, I saw videos on Reddit and TikTok of corgi swimming. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then their butts were floating. (laughs) Then what about their head? They're they they're just trying their best to keep their little heads out of the water. Oh. But then their butts are like like no effort one, they just float. Why? Then I was wondering <laughs> if all corgi butts float in water. Because I saw a How, few wait, videos of it. How does it float? Does it have air inside or something? Like their butts Boyan. just float. But I don't know whether is it all of them or is it just those that make it to the internet. Okay, okay, okay. Like float. Okay. Yep. So okay. what's the answer? What do you think? Um you don't even know whether corgi butts float, right? Yeah, exactly. Maybe I need to show you a video. <laughs> Later, you also go and Google and see. I mean, I can imagine it. Like, you know, their butt floating. Mm. Mm. But just now, your guess is, is it their butt got a lot of air, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is correct. It's the right answer. What? A corgi's butt is 79.4% air. 79.4%. What is that? That's why they can float. <laughs> and that's why they have earned the nickname Bubble Butt. Why? Wait, why? It's is just the butt- way it is. Just the way. Why does your lungs have air like that? Then what? They breathe through their no, butt. No, man. they do not. They do not. It just happened that that area has air inside. Okay, okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yep. I tried my best to look for a diagram already, but okay. I don't have diagram. Okay. So yeah, if any of the listeners are corgi specialists, please let us know. Because there's a very high percentage of air. Yeah. <laughs> Then it's inside then the butt and bones, right? Yeah. yeah. So if any of our listeners know, uh, please tell us whether it's true or not. I see. Alright. Well, anyway, with that, it is time for Corgi Lightning Round! Oh my gosh! Okay, I have five questions about corgis for you. Okay. Okay, question one. If corgi butts float on water, can they swim well? No, they are not actually very good at swimming because their leg is so short. How do you know this? Because recently... <laughs> Because recently I saw a video uh-huh. of this owner. He, she has two dogs. Uh-huh. Okay, they are in this like little creek, like river la, that is flowing. Mm-hmm. So there's like parts that is deeper and parts that is shallower. Okay. So they're standing on the shallow part. Then she go and throw the stick. Then the other dog run. Mm. Then she's like, oh my god. Then I was like, what? Then the other side, right? She pan her camera. Then the corgi mm. is getting swept away by the current of the river mm-hmm. because the corgi accidentally stepped on the deeper part of the creek. Okay. So it was like struggling uh-huh. because it can, it's not tall enough. <laughs> so, 
so then the owner is just like come on come on you can do it then like you know the, the corgi is just like struggling with the height of the water and then finally made it yeah so it was fine okay it's okay okay just that yeah through the experience I can see that the corgi just has very short legs yes yeah Yes, ding, 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 that's absolutely correct. They can float naturally, but they might not swim well because they have very short legs. So it's very hard for them to dog paddle efficiently. Mm. So if you put them in water with like a dog that can swim, they tire out much more easily than the other dogs. Because mm. the other dogs can dog paddle quite efficiently. Mm. Mm. Okay, mm. next question. Okay. There's a lot of videos of corgis swimming on the internet. Okay. Do all corgis like being in the water? No, because it's so hard to swim, man. then why would they like be inside the water? <laughs> yeah, it actually depends on the dog. Yeah. Yeah, not all corgis like water. Some like, mm-hmm. some just enjoy being in the water and just paddling and just like having fun. Okay. Some very don't like because like you say, it's very difficult to swim. Yeah, so much effort. Yeah, so if your corgi don't like, yes. don't force it to swim. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Question three. Okay. Why are corgis so short? They are bred that way. Why are they bred that way? Because it's cute. No. No, no, no. I thought they were bred that way because it's cute. So not, what? that's not the answer. That's not the answer. Yeah, why are they bred their short legs? <sighs> I guess it's a matter of access. Like they have to get somewhere. Then they need to be short. Get where? I don't know, like climb underneath the fence or something like that. Oh, like, like for example, Jack Russells, they are small because they have to hunt rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think they have to get somewhere? Okay, that's not correct, but you're right that they were bred that way. Okay. okay so corgis were actually bred to herd cattle. Okay. So yeah. they are actually cattle herders. Okay. And they are type of herding dog referred to as healers. H-E-E-L-E-R-S. Because healers. they bite the heel. Yes. <laughs> so they want to get the large animals to move, right? Mm. Their job is to nip at the heels of the larger animals. Mm. So like, yep, yep. Like, not really bite, bite, but That's just like... short. Yes. So, so they can reach. The, uh, yes. Okay. And so they are very agile, right? And their height is very low. Mm-hmm. It's because it allows them to avoid cattle hooves. Because sometimes you nip, nip, nip at the cattle, right? Then the cattle might try to kick you. But you're so short, right? And then you're so agile, right? That you can avoid their kicks. Okay. Then the mm-hmm. kicks will go over their heads instead. Oh, okay. Mm. No wonder corgis have a little bit of a temper. Mm. 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 Okay, question four. Where did corgis originate from? Uh, England. Mm. Close. Scotland. Mm. No. Ireland. No. Oh, so say lose your three chances. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think you can guess from their names. Okay, there are two breeds of corgis. Okay. Cardigan Welsh Corgi and oh. Pembroke Welsh Corgi. So from where? Oh no, it's Wales. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't guess. <laughs> yeah. It's so close yeah, in it's the so area. Close. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are from Wales and they are named for the county in Wales that they originate from. Oh. And corgi actually means dwarf dog in Welsh. Wow, very accurate. See, another description. Mm. Mm. Yep. Descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. Are corgis low maintenance? No, they are not, right? Why? I think they have quite a lot of energy. Yes. You have to bring them out for walks and like stuff. If not, they'll turn very destructive. Mm-hmm. And then um, they maybe have 
problems with their hips or like their legs because mm. they have short legs. Mm. Well, you know dogs very well. Yeah, <laughs> because they are bred to be herding dogs, right? Mm-hmm. So they need a lot of physical and mental stimulation. Mm. Yeah, then their stubby bodies, right, make them prone to obesity. So they need a lot of exercise. Oh, yes. Prone to obesity. Yes, Don't and you're talking so much. Yeah, <laughs> very cute, but also might have problems in future. Oh my goodness, the butts. Yes. yes, and they need a lot of exercise to avoid future hip and joint problems because they are bred to run. Mm, mm, right? Mm, mm. And they're also prone to nipping and barking. Yes. Because that's are. what they are bred to do. That is their job. Yeah. These are traits that do well to hurt cattle, mm. but they can be annoying at home in a, a domestic setting. Yes. Mm. Mm. And also they shed a lot because they have a double coat. Oh, yeah, okay, mm. yeah. So the top coat, right, can actually repel moisture and dirt. Mm. And then they have an undercoat. Which is more like woody. Mm. Yeah, woody, mm. yeah. And because they are meant to be outside. Mm. So that's why their coat is like that. So they'll mm. shed a lot. Mm. Mm. Interesting. High maintenance. Okay, the end. Very nice. That's the end of the Coggy Lightning Round. Yes. Okay, so Jian. What is your second search term of the week? Okay, my second search term is quite interesting. I think all of us should actually look into this. Mm-hmm. It is... Why is Asia called Asia? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, you want to like try guessing first before I embark on my long journey? That is a very good question. Mm. Asia. And Asia is very interesting because it has so many people. It's, uh, it makes up 60% of the human population. Uh-huh. And the land mass of Asia is very big. Mm. Like as a continent. Mm. It's, it's made up of so many different cultures and yet we are kind of like lumped together as Asians. Mm. Yeah. I know, I know, I know why. Because it is the name is given by a Westerner. Mm. So when the Western people travel east... Yes. Or they traveled far west, which eventually become east because the earth is round. <laughs> then they realize that all these people look different from them. Then they say these are the others. So Asia is another word for others. So it's like other land. Oh. So we are the the where we are from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and these are the others. Oh. Yeah. That's my theory. Okay, it's somewhat close. It's like half correct. It's correct that it's a Westerner that gave us this name. Okay. Yeah. Why? Okay. So this is quite a long story, so you have to bear with me a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, the earliest surviving prose to describe Asia in any detail mm. or define Asia is by a Greek person mm-hmm. called Herodotus mm-hmm. who lived in 440 BCE. But he didn't invent this name. He didn't like say, oh, I call this land, da da da. Oh, okay. It was already this name already. He's just documenting. Mm. Yeah. So he just record that at that point of time, they kind of know that there's three continents, mm-hmm. Europe, Africa, and Asia. Mm. So that Asia that he referred to is actually probably a much smaller land mass because mm-hmm. they haven't really explored towards the east that much yet. Mm. So it is known as Lydia at that point of time, or Anatolia or Asia Minor mm-hmm. of today, mm-hmm. which is part of modern day Turkey. Okay, so, so you it, can understand how small so it is. So it's Central Asia that we know now. 
something like that, but it's 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 just a little bit that of turkey, turkey, la, that, turkey that part only. Uh, yeah. Yes, that part is called Asia Minor and everything else is Asia Major. Okay. Yeah. So they just simply didn't know that there was a much bigger land beyond. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they just don't know. Okay. <laughs> so everything else in that area is considered Asia to them. Mm. Yeah. So in Greek, it's pronounced Asia. And it just probably changed over time to become Asia of today. Mm-hmm. How did that name come about in the first place? Mm-hmm. So let's think about that. The depth of the history is actually much, much longer than we think. Mm-hmm. So which is quite interesting because this name, or rather the way that people have defined um, land areas is like from very long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to understand this, we have to go back to the Greek Dark Ages, which is 1100 to 750 BC. Okay. Yes. So there's a lot of invading here and there. Mm. That's the... 3000 years ago. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's a lot of invading and then like a lot of the syllabic writing was lost and the alphabetic writing had not yet been introduced to that region. Mm. So a lot of the writing preserved was used to keep track of trades and business dealings. So in the other words, they are receipts. Mm. So in these receipts, we actually find the, the earliest traces of the word Asia because they are, there are many names of men and women on these receipts. And because last time they used to trade humans as servants, mm-hmm. so they are captives from that area of the land, which is called Aswia. Mm. So it was Aswia before it became Asia. Okay. So at that time, the place where these women come from, uh, the women and men, uh, they are captives. It's called Lydia, as we mentioned just now, mm-hmm. which is somewhere in modern Turkey. Mm-hmm. So why they don't call them Lydians or something like mm. that? Yeah, why? It's because at that time, the region was under the control of the Hittite Empire, which is in the Greece area. Mm-hmm. And then they call the land east to the Aegean Sea, Asua. They call Aswa. they just give it that name. Okay. Okay, so the origin of this name has a few theories because we can't possibly go so far back to know how, mm. what is the uh, motivation behind calling this place Asua. Mm. So, but I think there is a, the best one, which is that it is from a Mesopotamian origin. It's the Akkadian civilization, mm-hmm. which is the word Asu means to ascend, which is at the east is where the sun rises oh and why this is a good theory is because there's an opposite the opposite is erubu which means to set Mm. in the same language and it is thought to be the origin of the word europe oh so it in the west the sun sets Mm. so it's quite it kind of makes sense right so Mm. it's like asu is to rise and then erubu is to set Mm. so it's asia and europe Ah. Yeah, so hmm. in conclusion, it's like this whole long chain from the Akkadian Asu to Asua in the Hittite Empire, then Asuya in the Greek Dark Ages, then Asia by the Herodotus, and then Asia of today. Mm. So it's very long a chain. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite interesting that all of this has nothing to do with us. <laughs> yes. Like, like we didn't choose this. <laughs> we name. didn't choose it at all. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that all the Asian countries and all the Asian people in the mm. Asian countries think mm. of themselves as like individuals. Yes, first. exactly. That's right. Before being told that you are Asia, then you are like, oh, I guess we are. That's why China is called Zhongguo mm. because we are the middle country. 
Mm. We are in the middle. Mm. That's what they thought. They thought at that right? time. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Then what did they call the West? She that that that. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it really depends what yeah on where. But that that's true. They they called the like Singapore this side the Nanyang what. Yeah. Nanyang is southern seas one. So most of the names that are like part of the language, right? It's always like direction related. Right? Yes, direction related. Yeah. Very interesting. Hmm. Okay, we've reached the almost end of our podcast. Yes, and now it is time for one thing to recommend. Okay, my recommendation for this week is a YouTube video called The 10 Year Hunt for the Lost McDonald's DS Game. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> What is by that? Nick Robinson. <laughs> Why you laugh so loud? <laughs> what a title. Okay. It's an investigative documentary about this super rare DS game that McDonald's Japan used to train its staff. And it is lost. Okay. Mm. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's only a few copies out there in the world. And those people who have it don't sell it. Are not interested to sell it. Oh, wow. And Why? then you need a password and a user ID to go into this oh, game. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Also, I see, so I see. it's a bit difficult to go okay, in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whoever gets their hands on one are usually not willing to sell I it. wonder what the game is like. <laughs> yeah, so this guy, Nick Robinson, went to hunt for this game. Mm. Yeah. Okay, what's your recommendation for this week? Okay, my recommendation is Sun Salutations. It's a type of yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, a move within yoga that is like a, a series of a move. poses <laughs> a move it's not just one move it's like a, <laughs> a set of yes. poses yes. that you can like uh, go through it's like I think it's 12 yeah 12 steps yeah then you just do it and I have been doing it sets of uh, 50 plus or, or 60 like mm-hmm. that just do lah. and it's actually quite good and because the one that I follow, right, the sun salutations, it has breathing incorporated. So you have to breathe according to the like the way that the poses flow. I think technically you're supposed to do that. Like we are supposed to do that. Yeah, 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 we are, we are. There's a specific breathing technique to go with it. Yes. Mm, mm, mm. And that really helps to regulate your breathing at the start of the day. Mm. And like, you know, throughout the day, then you have more energy. Lah. That's what I feel. Mm. nice okay we've reached the end of this week's podcast thank you Eliza for making this podcast with me and thank you Dion for doing this podcast with me if you have googled anything interesting lately you can drop us a DM or comment on any of our social media accounts and we'll search it up on the show you can also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, or on our Facebook page where we post images of some of the things that we talked about today you can also help share our show with your friends that might enjoy our comedy trivia podcast if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon page and give us a small contribution to help us keep the show running. And now, we are off to record one more thing. A Patreon-only podcast called One, one More thing. thing. So, see you there. Herodotus. Mm-hmm. Herodotus? Herodotus? Herodotus?